was February 15th, 1947. It was in an airport lounge in Miami, Florida. A young man named Glenn Chambers was about to board a flight to Ecuador to join a ministry called Voice of the Andes. Glenn grew up in New York as a young boy, dreaming of someday joining this ministry that he used to listen to on the radio every night when he would go to sleep. And here he was, ready to embark on that next stage of his life's journey. As he was about to board that flight, he thought to himself, I would really like to write a note to my mom, my mom who has made this whole moment possible by her sacrificing all these years to bring me to this moment. Well, I mean, this was the day before cell phones or anything like that, so he wanted to drop her a letter in the mail, but he didn't have any stationery with him, so he looked around him and in the seat next to him in that airport lounge was a magazine. He browsed through the magazine until he found a, piece, a page that was appropriate. It was an advertisement which was consisting of basically a giant blank page with some tiny writing at the uh, bottom and a huge big word in the middle. But it left lots of blank space all around that huge word in the middle. So he thought, this is perfect. He carefully tore it out and he wrote a note to his mother around that giant word. He folded it dropped it uh, in a, a mailbox at, at the gate there, and he boarded that DC-4 Air, DC Air Avianca flight to Ecuador. Except that flight never made it to Ecuador. It hit a mountain at 14,000 feet, and everyone on board perished. Well, Glenn's mother, of course, got the news and then a couple days later, after getting the news that her son had died, she received a letter in the mail. And she recognized the handwriting on the envelope. It was her son's handwriting. With trembling hands, she gently tore open that envelope and she reached inside. And she pulled out a piece of uh, glossy newsprint and she slowly unfolded it. And she could not believe what she saw. Surrounded by her son's handwriting was one giant word, and that word was, why? I wonder how many of those here today watching find themselves asking a similar question. Why? As you sit here today, you're wondering why God's allowing all that he's allowing in your life. As you sit there, you're wondering where God is. Maybe you're wondering when God is going to show up. Maybe you have a health issue that dominates your thinking. You have begged God to intervene and so far to no avail. Maybe you have a loved one that's struggling or suffering. And in spite of your prayers, you don't see any end in sight. Maybe you have a business or a career that's running on fumes and God doesn't seem to be providing you with the answer that you'd hoped for. Maybe your marriage or some other relationship is on its last legs and God doesn't seem to be all that interested. Can you relate to any of those scenarios? Can you empathize with any of those feelings? 
If you can, our next few moments together could very well be life-changing and life-saving for you. Because if you follow the scriptural advice that we're about to discover, it will rescue you from falling down a rabbit hole of deception and depression that has consumed many a life over the centuries. Now, the scriptural advice we're about to discover is from the Old Testament book of Proverbs. It's an ancient book written by a man named Solomon, and it is filled with tiny bite-sized chunks of advice. Think of them as ancient bumper stickers or ancient tweets. Well, the proverb that we're going to study today is found in chapter 3, verse 5, and it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. So what does this proverb mean? It means exactly what it says. There's no mystery to this one. It's as obvious as it can be. Solomon is placing two options in front of you, and he's saying, do this one and do not do the other one. This is written in ancient Hebrew, and he says trust. Now, that word trust means to be confident or certain and secure. Solomon says we should place our confidence in the Lord, in God himself. And Solomon emphasizes the intensity of this confidence by saying we should trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Now, to the ancient Hebrew mind, the heart wasn't the source of emotions. To them, the heart was the symbolic source of one's thoughts, desires, and decisions. So Solomon says, do this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Place your full confidence in God. Solomon says that's what we should do. And then he lays a contrasting bad option beside the good option. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, the Hebrew word translated lean means to support yourself or to rely upon, to trust. The meaning of this proverb is obvious. As you journey through life and have moments of confusion or difficulty, do rely upon God and do not rely upon your own grasp of what's going on. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, you're listening to this and deep inside you're thinking to yourself, I want to do this. I wish I could do this, but I don't think I can do this. Deep inside, you're thinking to yourself, you're telling me to trust in the Lord, but if I'm honest, God doesn't feel very trustworthy at this moment. If I'm honest, I feel like God has abandoned me. I feel like God has turned his back on me. I feel like God has let me down. If you're listening today and that's how you feel, I have good news. You are the very person for whom this advice was written. This proverb was written for people who were battling those exact feelings. This proverb was written for people who were confused about all the stuff that was going on around them. It was just to such individuals that Solomon wrote, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You say, okay, Solomon, why? Why should I do this? Why should I not trust in what I'm feeling? Why should I trust in the Lord? Well, let me quickly give you three reasons. First of all, you should do it because of who God is. Listen, when you need dependable, trustworthy, accurate medical information, who do you go to? Do you go to a bartender? Do you query the friendly lady at the drive-through window? 
No, you go to a person who is skilled and equipped in the subject of medicine. You go to a medical doctor. Just this past week, I read about a man who went to his doctor because that man was no longer able to do the household chores that he had been doing for decades. After a thorough physical examination, the man looked at the doctor and said, all right, doc, look me in the eye. Tell it to me straight. What's my problem? The doctor said, well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Your problem is you're lazy. So the man said, okay, can you say that to me using a really complicated medical term that I can use when I tell my wife? It's common sense. When you need advice, when you need assurance, when you need information, you trust in someone that's skilled and equipped to give you that advice, assurance, or information. And the more skilled, the more equipped that person is, the more assurance and the more trust you can have. Why should I trust in the Lord? You should trust in the Lord because of who he is. He is the most skilled and equipped being in existence. You can trust in the Lord because he's omnipotent. That means he's all powerful. The Bible says, ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You can trust in someone who has the ability to do whatever they want to do. You can trust them because they can never be overruled or overpowered. You can trust in the Lord because he's omnipresent. That means he is everywhere present. The Bible says in, in the Psalms, where can I go from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. You can trust someone who is present and active at every point in the universe. You can trust them because there's nowhere that's beyond their reach. You can trust in the Lord because he is omniscient. That means he is all-knowing. The Bible says in the Psalms again, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. In fact, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. In fact, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. You can trust in someone who knows everything that has happened, everything that is happening, everything that could happen, everything that will happen, and even everything that would happen in every possible scenario. You can trust them because they are never surprised or unaware. You can trust them because they already know the ultimate outcome of everything. You can trust in the Lord because he's all-powerful, everywhere present and all-knowing. Well, that's who he is, but who are we? My mortality really came crashing down upon me recently when I looked in the eyes of our recently born grandson, our youngest grandchild. And it occurred to me as I was looking at this child, I thought to myself, wow, your children will have no idea who I am. Your children will have no idea who I am. I will be their great-grandfather, and they won't know anything about me. Like, I don't know my great-grandfathers, either of them. I don't know their names. I don't know anything about them. And my mortality came crashing in on me as I looked into the eyes of our youngest grandson. The Bible says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. The Bible says, as for man and women, 
Their days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it's no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. As a human being, I am very different from God. He's all-powerful. I have no power in myself. He's everywhere present. I can only be present in one place at one time, and my presence can be extinguished at any given moment. And you want to talk about knowledge. My three and a half pounds of brain is a very limited space that holds a very limited amount of information. My understanding is incredibly small. So I guess what I'm saying is that I am in no position to be pronouncing judgment on what is and what is not taking place around me. And that's what Solomon's saying in today's proverb. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Why should I trust in the Lord? You should trust in the Lord, we've learned, because of who God is. A second reason why we should trust in the Lord is because of what he has promised. Now, this all-powerful, everywhere-present, all-knowing God has looked you in the eye and made some incredibly precious and powerful promises to you. The Apostle Paul declared that every follower of Jesus can be confident of this, and I'm quoting the Bible now, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. A very talented artist had a workshop tucked away in a garage behind his home. This man's artistic skill was obvious and evident. However, he had a major challenge in his life. He had a bad case of attention deficit disorder. He just couldn't focus on any one thing for very long. Well, as a result, his workshop was filled with all kinds of unfinished projects half-painted portraits, sculptures with an ear or nose missing, uh, unfinished carvings with a knife still embedded in the stump of wood. Every work of art had a beauty of its own. You could see how each individual project was a potential masterpiece, but that was just it. They were all just potential because none of them were ever completed. They had all been abandoned midway through the process. Now, some of you feel like one of those portraits. Some of you feel like one of those sculptures or carvings. You feel like God has abandoned you in the middle of your trial. You feel like God has lost interest in you. You feel like God has turned his back on you. You feel like God walked away from you when you needed him most. Well, that's how you feel. That's your understanding of what's going on around you. But hear the truth in today's proverb. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The all-powerful, everywhere-present, all-knowing God has promised you that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, that day of Christ Jesus, that means until the return of Christ, when he will make all things right, when all accounts will be settled. Let me remind you of another powerful promise we have from God. Under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, the Apostle Paul declared this truth. Again, I'm quoting from the Bible. He said, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you know what this means? This means that the all-powerful, everywhere-present, all-knowing God is using every circumstance, every trial, 
every situation to bring about his ultimate purposes in your life. Now, you don't see it, but he sees it. You don't understand it, but he understands it. And that's the point that Solomon is making in today's ancient tweet. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, I can hear some of you saying, you say, okay, Darren, it's hard to trust him when things feel like they are imploding all around me. It's hard to trust him when everything I see and everything I perceive seems to be telling me that God is nowhere to be found. Please hear this. It is for precisely such moments. It's for precisely such feelings. It's for precisely such perceptions that Solomon has provided us with this bite-sized piece of wisdom. He's saying, hey, I get it. I know the feeling. Sometimes life can be confusing, but in those moments when you're tempted to go your own way, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Why should I trust him? Well, trust him because of what he's promised. Listen, I realize that lots of people make all kinds of promises. Sometimes people are quite sincere when they make those promises, but then for whatever reason, they're unable to fulfill those promises. Other people make promises that they have no intention of keeping. They're just saying things to make you feel better in the moment. Their promises are just temporary sedatives to calm you down. Is that what God's promises are like? Are God's promises empty and shallow? Not at all. We can trust God's promises. We know this because we've seen who God is already today, but we have another reason why we can know that God's promises are true, and it serves as a third reason why we should trust in the Lord. We should trust in the Lord because of what he has done. God hasn't just talked the talk. God also took on the form of humanity in the man Jesus of Nazareth and he walked the walk. He lived, he died, he rose from the dead. You can trust in the Lord because he has proven his love, he has proven his care, and he has proven his concern for you. You can trust in the Lord because the Lord has demonstrated to you that there is no length that he will not go to in order to rescue and deliver you and heal you. The Bible says, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If you're asking God, how can I know if I can trust you? God's response to you is simple. God looks you in the eye and says, you can trust me because I demonstrated my love for you by dying in your place. How can you know that you can trust me? I have paid the moral debt that you owed. I have offered you the gift of mercy, the gift of grace, the gift of forgiveness. How can you know if you can trust me? You can look at who I am, God says. You can look at what I have promised and you can also look at what I have done. What God has done is a demonstration of his trustworthiness. The Bible says God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hear me. If someone loves you so much that they will die for you, even when you're rejecting them, even when you're their enemy, I can assure you that such a person is someone that you can trust. By the way, have you made that decision to trust in Christ and what he's done on your behalf? If you haven't, 
In just a couple moments as I conclude, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to accept that gift and to place your trust in what Jesus has done. Well, let's conclude. You're listening today and you're going through some difficult days. You're struggling under the weight of your circumstances. You're confused. As far as you can tell, you're on your own. As far as you can understand things, God doesn't seem to be anywhere in the picture. If that's you, King Solomon is gazing at you from across the centuries. With his weathered hand, he's pointing you towards this truth. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Can you see the care in his tired eyes? Can you hear the concern in his gravelly voice? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Essentially, if we were to summarize what Solomon is saying in one big idea, it might sound something like this. Never place your perception above God's perfection. I'm going to say that again. Never place your perception above God's perfection. Never place more trust in what you are perceiving than in what God is promising. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Never place your perception above God's perfection. He's the all-powerful, everywhere present, all-knowing creator and sustainer of the universe. You are limited in all of your days. He's perfect in all of his ways. Never place your perception above God's perfection. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. He knows what he's doing, folks. Trust him. So then, as we conclude today, why not take a moment and commit your life to him afresh? Why not intentionally use this last moment to recommit yourself to trust in the power and the sovereignty of God? In this last moment, declare to him that you trust him. That no matter the circumstances, you will walk away from this broadcast today with fresh peace in your heart. No matter the outcome of the trial that you're presently facing, whether things transpire as you want them to or whether things go in a completely different direction, no matter the outcome, you move forward from this moment trusting him. Because you move forward from this moment with the knowledge that the God who is in control is the God who loves you and the God who does all things well. Let's pray together as we conclude right now. Would you do that? God, I look to you right now. I call upon your strength and your wisdom. I know that you love me. I know that you do all things well. But I'm confused. I'm struggling. There's a lot happening in my life that I acknowledge I don't understand. Some of it I've brought on myself. Other things, other people have brought into my life. And there are other aspects of what's happening that are a complete mystery to me. I have no idea why things are happening like they're happening. And God, I'm traumatized by it all. I'm afraid, I'm doubting, I'm fearful, I'm frustrated, I wanna give up. But that's my understanding. And I don't want to lean on or trust in my own understanding. So I look to you right now. I declare right now that I trust you. I choose to trust you. I choose to believe in you and trust that you know what you're doing and that you're doing all things well. So strengthen me in my spirit today. 
Maybe you're watching and you're not yet a follower of Jesus. You've not yet placed the full weight of your life in the hands of Jesus. Right now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that, to accept his gift of forgiveness and eternal life and cleansing. If that's you, pray with this. Pray this prayer with me right now. God, I acknowledge that I have turned my back on you. Up till this moment in my life, I've actually treated you like an enemy. I've ignored you. I've turned my back on you. I've rejected your will and direction for my life. But I don't want to live that way any longer. You have demonstrated your love for me in this. While I was still a sinner, you died for me. Before I even knew you, you reached out to me. And you have been drawing me and positioning me for this very moment. Your spirit has been wooing me for this moment. And so I choose to accept your gift of forgiveness and eternal life and cleansing. I don't understand it all. But what I do understand, I choose to believe and act upon. So fill me with your spirit. Cleanse me from the inside out. And give me the courage now to act upon this decision. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me to become a follower of Jesus, on the screen right now, there's a text number. Text it and tell someone that you made this decision. Now, we're not tricking you. You're not joining Broadway Church, and we're not going to be harassing you and hounding you. But we just want to help you take the next step and offer our services to you in any way that we can. If you don't text that number, at the very least, tell somebody, a friend who's a follower of Jesus, tell them that you made this decision today. God bless you, folks. Thank you for being with us here at Broadway Church today.